Guard the Lieutenant Wharf. You step into my regiment, please, and bring a tricorder with you. Hi, Captain. What do you make of that? I am puzzled, sir. The only detectable bioelectric particles are your own. You did not help. I did not. Welcome to the Readier Room, the only and longest-running Star Trek The Next Generation rewatch podcast. Every other week of the year, we're bringing you an episode of TNG and all the behind-the-scenes stories that came together to make that happen. My name is Mitchell Mel... 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 Chief Consultant of Services, and with me is my partner, Brandon Hobbs. Just the normal Brandon Hobbs. Today, before I even introduce you, today is a special... Ready a room after dark. Mm, that's true. That's true. We're both uh, cranky and sleepy. Cranky, sleepy, and fussy. <laughs> definitely, a, definitely a perfect environment to be yes. doing this. Which is exactly uh, why I'm leaving that intro in exactly as mm-hmm. is. That's, <laughs> that's. I was about to ask you why. I was. Uh, I was assuming you were going to re-record that, but. Uh, but here we are. Uh, no, we've we've reemerged as a kinder, gentler kind of readier. Yes, we're a little closer to the microphones, a little softer, a little more pop filter, a little mm-hmm. more pop culture. <laughs> I, um, I've i procured a box of Barnum Animal Crackers. I've uh, procured a book about Bailey and Barnum. Mm-hmm. Um, you ever been to the circus? I've, uh, unfortunately, no, the closest thing I got was, in fact, these animal crackers. Uh, I, I just wanted to note that um, they no longer have the little wheels and the string that you used to be able to kind of paper craft into a little carriage. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, those were awesome. Straight up. Um, do they still... Straight up, yeah. Do they still have the names of the animals written on them? Because I find the ones that don't to be a little too challenging. They do. They have elephant, okay. koala, hippopotamus, seal, and the lion, recording artist. You know, <laughs> <laughs> the um, all the important animals, really: seal, lion, koala. Now, uh, for me, good lord, what? I had something to say about one of those animals, but I just don't remember the animals that you said from two seconds ago. Okay, here, let me read them to you again. Oh, wait, no, I remember now. I remember. Elephants. So here's the thing about elephants. Um, Yes. I have this compulsion within me to... Mm -hmm. um, Whenever I'm with somebody and we see an elephant, whether it be on like a logo, a stuffed toy anything i welcome them to the elephant zone mm. or in uh other parlance is the zoo zone oh okay all right yeah now i see where you're going with that yeah that's that's pretty good. you know what they say about elephants they uh are gray morally they are <laughs> yeah. um there's, is, isn't there some kind of correlation between intelligence and cruelty? Um, yes, but it does not equal causation. 
Well, I, you know, I was just going to, uh, that, that, that may be the case, right? Because, um, elephants aren't really known for, uh, playing with the carcasses of other animals or like raping them or anything, but they are very smart. Now I thought elephants specifically would toss around carcasses with their big old trunks. No, I think that's just self-defense. Okay. Yeah. Did you know that they're not really scared of mice? No. Just shut up. That's not true. Yeah, elephants can use the computers like anyone else. Mm. <laughs> there's uh there's there's something something there uh in in terms of a bit of of a guy who goes on a safari just with pockets full of mice. The phrase pockets full of mice is quite <laughs> quite uh poetic and rhythmic. In its own sense. <laughs> it's the, the cellar door of our time. Mm. It's, uh, so the shoe is on the other foot today. I have the coffee. I'm also drinking a coffee. Oh, no, really? Yeah. I mean, I, I was regaling you earlier with uh, some of the things that I have to do tonight. In addition right, to right. record and edit the show. By which I mean... You know, my producer will do that, obviously, but... Um, right, right. So I'm also having a coffee. But yeah, we're a couple of coffee boys. We're coffee heads, yeah. Yeah. Um, bean heads. Real beaners, really. <laughs> do you Real have mean a... bean machine here. <laughs> you got a dark roast blend? No, uh, it's a... I hesitate to say this, you know, because someone... Someone out there is going to take this and edit it, you know, like they usually do. Yeah. But uh, <clears throat> I have a pike place. Huh. Like the Monopoly Square. Sure. Yeah. I think that was one of the purple ones right at the start. Or is that Brown purple? Town? Uh, Brown Town. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't remember. It's been a while since I played Monopoly. Thankfully. Yeah. I mean, I've monopolized things plenty in my time, but. Uh... Mm -hmm. rarely do i play at that game what i want to know is who's the kind of person who buys the uh the the licensed monopolies you know like star wars monopoly oh i think you and i both know a couple of people who would buy star wars monopoly <laughs> when it's a game night they pull that out and they, their their girlfriend kind of just like rolls her eyes i i think about this a lot actually where the kind of person invested enough in game night to buy a specialty monopoly but not invested enough to to like get into the more hobby hobbyist board games sure like uh, Catan Chris Catan yeah yeah and and you know what that's even more damning because Catan is pretty mainstream at this point it is i mean uh, board gaming as a hobby like beyond uh, Milton Bradley stuff, I think is mainstream. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, it's basically been ruined. Yeah, <laughs> like anything uh, that enters the mainstream. Sure, sure. I was trying to find a Scrabble board the other day. Yeah. And uh, the you know the little stands for your letters. Yeah. Um, the the letter wooden anymore. Yeah. Well, they yeah, made fiberglass. They're, they're plastic. They're just nasty plastic. See, I justified buying as many Scrabble boards as I did 
by the fact that it was biodegradable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now what? Not only biodegradable, but uh, you know that wood's going to be worth something someday. Yeah, walnut. Once all those trees are gone, well, I, my I can plan... melt it down. <laughs> my plan is to reconstruct the trees and then uh, speak for them as a bit of a Lorax type figure. <laughs> Uh, are you going to surgically convert yourself into a fat, round, little furry thing? Well, I don't have much work to do, but yes. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> little Danny DeVito-esque figure. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm approaching the end of this uh, giant bluefin tuna video. Okay, Did and, you? Uh, were you amazed by the cutting power of that knife? Yeah, it's uh, it was impressive. But even more impressive is the very end. Mm-hmm. Where they hold up the meat, and um, they can't hold it still. You know, they're trying to show it off. Mm. And uh, they're just kind of shaking like Michael J. Fox. I always find that really funny in, like... Um, Parkinson's? No, 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 no. That's not funny. That's that's uh, horrific. Um, I, find, I find it funny in sort of, like, B-grade food commercials where, you know, they, they pick... You know, you pick up the food off the plate and you show it off kind of like in the air midair right in the spoon or on the chopsticks or something and um they, they couldn't invest enough money to kind of like get something that would stabilize this person's hand so they're just shaking <laughs> you know what i mean i do so do you watch for that in any kind of um promotional yeah, spot? Yeah, absolutely yeah it really bothers me now uh does this extend to the filmic practice of shaky cam um it could it could have you ever eaten at a shaky's pizza no is that a real thing that's a real thing that's a Mm -hmm. that is a real thing that i that might as well be fake because i've only heard about it where's that like i think around colorado uh you know yeah it's actually pronounced Colorado. I did know that, actually. Mm. Every now and then I pronounce a word wrong on purpose. You know, it's actually pronounced Los Angeles. Really? Yeah. Do you know that uh, it's actually pronounced Nuevo Mexico? Ah. That's what they don't tell you in school. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm from Nuevo uh, Herse, so I know these things. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's there's something that's that doesn't feel right about uh, speaking Spanish and talking about New York, you know, Nueva York, right? <laughs> you know, just call it New York. Come on. I mean, I I would go one step further and say there's something that just feels off about speaking Spanish. Sure, sure, sure. It's uh, it's a the language of the crime poor. language. The language of the poor, my mother used to say. And uh, God bless her soul. The crime language. <laughs> I'm just saying, nothing above the table has ever been conducted in Spanish. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, it is all below table. Right. That and like water park operations. Mm-hmm. Um, slightly related. I think 
uh, the last time we did one of these shows an eternity ago a veritable eternity ago yeah um, <coughs> i discussed the beginnings of my breaking bad journey you did yeah yeah and um since then i finished that show and started its uh sister show the sequel ish better better call saul better call better call saul right mm-hmm. which instead of focusing on walter white focuses on better call saul which is uh distinctly worse than breaking bad yeah i can imagine well here's the thing i as i often do i autistically read the scuttlebutt about media that i consume and uh a pretty common opinion is that it's better than its predecessor i've been seeing this too uh and i can give you an objective opinion as one who has not watched either show Uh, but please once once you start and i probably said this last time too but once you start spinning things off i mean it's kind of a clear indication that you're getting desperate to recapture the uh, the magic of the initial show yeah and and just starting from that point i don't think there's any any way to really make something truly grand when you're starting from such a cynical angle no it's a vision problem yeah uh well like like the marvel character no, like um, like what my optometrist warns me about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so okay, so what's your problem with it? Well, how do I describe this? It's it's really poopy. It's really poopy and pissy. The problem <laughs> is that it's 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 fractured. Um, it's in a, in a in a in a fan servicey kind of way because. At least for the first couple seasons, it follows the stories of two characters, um, Better Call Saul and this this old ex cop guy named Mike. No, oh. if if you if you said uh, mid forties Asian American woman, I was about to get excited. Uh, I, I well, they don't want you as the audience clearly, but <laughs> both of these guys were fan favorites from breaking bad okay and by by that show their stories had converged where their business associates and here they they aren't really at that point yet it's actually a prequel so sure. oh, where, where does dean norris fit in yeah i wish i my brain could work fast enough to understand what you just asked me who uh acclaimed actor his name is dean norris right i have to google this the the the, oh the the guy the guy who tweeted like big boobies or something (laughs) is this the guy whose face became like a a meme yes yeah 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 he he was old who was he he was uh walter white's brother-in-law on breaking Uh bad (laughs) he's he's a he's a very funny person is he? Uh, no, just just his existence is funny. Oh, yeah. the, the, the way he conducts himself is funny in real life. Well, he he was a good part of of Breaking Bad. He added a lot to that show. Yeah, but, but he's not in Better Call Saul. But anyway, oh, that's a shame. Better Call Saul's dedication to these two characters for no other reason than the fact that the audience has really liked them. Yes, um, is uh, it harms the the quality of it overall. 
Sure. Yeah, they should they should have consulted us because that's what we always say: never give the audience what they want. Anything. Anything. Not even a speck. Spick and I'm speck. Sorry. Spack. Spack. Not even a speck. But because of that, it's just there's no momentum behind it. In the first show, it was all Walter White's story, and sure he had relatives and they had subplots or whatever, but. Uh, the and and his um, partner also had a some arc, but mm. the core of it was always his descent and his uh, things he's doing to ostensibly provide for his family. It had a through sure. line, but you're just jumping between these other two characters and their completely unrelated stories. And Better Call Saul combine that with the fact that neither of them of those two storylines is really all that. Um, momentous there's no huge stakes it's just pretty humdrum and uh it's difficult to get nearly as invested well to be fair uh it is a prequel right so uh, at that point i don't think big stakes have been invented yet that's right they were all pretty small yeah Um, so they were kind of uh their hands were tied by the the time period by by little stake yeah um (laughs) <laughs> I, I suspect I suspect at some point I will be watching Breaking Bad but I I don't see myself ever delving into Better Call Saul I mean um, it's worth watching maybe the first season of as kind of a novelty for somebody who did watch Breaking Bad just to mm-hmm. get, get a did sense you say you finished it already? Breaking Bad? no no Better Call Saul no I'm at the first I'm at the beginning of season 3 and there's 6 seasons Oof! Oh, you, you're you're really trucking along there. When you watch a show, you watch it fast, huh? Yeah, I'm a little bit of a binger. Ever since high school, <laughs> the binging is easy. Uh, this, it's the purging. This, this that's extend- hard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you caught me. I you got caught you. me. I got you. Um, it, there's there's a part of Breaking Bad that there's one thing I know about Breaking Bad besides the pizza. Okay. on the roof um and that's this this vague plot point of walter like scamming the cartel the mexican cartel or something okay and how like um obnoxiously epic it is um i don't actually recall this do you, do you know any no. more details i mean that's no no that's it but there certainly are times where um it's the way it's shot is very much like, oh, this is a badass moment. He's a badass. <laughs> like, like I'll be talking about this at the water cooler tomorrow. Right. When, in actuality, the thing that I felt watching all of Breaking Bad was that there is absolutely nobody to root for and support in that show. Mm. And that's part of, that's intentional. It's not. This is not like a grand revelation. Yeah, you, uh, you're you're not gonna make your uh, your blanket review. Center it on that. No, is that a? Oh, that was yes. Okay, that's been yeah, a while. That was like that was like the first thing that the that that he brought up. Yeah, well, it's... which is which is wrong, by the way. It's wrong. Well, I think it's right in the case of Breaking Bad. Uh, you haven't seen it, obviously. I know sure. you're not speaking on that, but um, <laughs> it's. Thank you for reassuring me. Yeah. I know. I just wanted you to know that I'm not a retard who can't read a conversation. 
<laughs> we are always dangerously close to me thinking you're a retard, so anything could tip the scales. <laughs> I don't know how I've survived this long. Uh, just constantly living on the edge of the retard precipice. If if uh, if we had video content, I, I would at this point slow the video down, zoom into your face, and slap a big uh, retard sign on your on your head. Well, I appreciate you um, not doing that for real with a physical placard like that one time. <laughs> but Just no, the, as the assault you, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Breaking Bad, um, Walter White does abjectly terrible things throughout the entire run. His partner Jesse yeah. does horrible things. The villains are, you know, villains straight up. Um, everyone's just sucks, and it it feels uh discouraging to watch. It's entertaining, but it it feels sure. actively discouraging, and um. By the time it wraps up, you just kind of feel shitty. <laughs> yeah, you kind of want to just like cleanse yourself by watching Care Bears or something. Or Better Call Saul. Or Deep Space Nine. Did um, you know that there's a Lower Decks episode <laughs> about Deep Space Nine? Hold on, I don't want to move away from Breaking Bad. We'll get to that. But <laughs> I don't want to move away from Breaking Bad yet because I have two questions for you. Okay. Um, first of all, uh, there's a movie, right? There's a sequel. Yeah, um, El Camino. And that's that's what? That's Jesse? That's Spanish for The Camino. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I haven't watched um, it yet, because apparently it was made after Better Call Saul ended. So I'm going in the release order, but... Um, wait, no, it, it couldn't have been. It was. Wait. It was made after Better Call Saul ended? Wait, Better Call Saul just ended. This is probably... I'm wrong, most likely. Hold on. Am I, whoa. Okay, this... It might have been made concurrently. This came out in 19, El Camino. And you're right, Better, Better Call Saul ended this year, so that was made in the middle. It's really time. hard to say Better Call Saul quickly. Better Call Saul. 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 Yeah, so, okay, do you expect that will be worth watching? No, I don't. But mm -hmm. I am going to watch it. Who's that? Who's that? Uh, that other actor with the weird, creepy face. Um, the blonde guy. Yeah, Clemens. Yeah, Jesse Clemens. He ballooned for for that movie. Like, no, sorry, not for it, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jesse, we need to... you to gain a lot of weight to break <laughs> continuity. We need you. We we need you to 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 do a a reverse Bryce Dallas Howard, please. Um, What's bizarre is that um, that's a sequel film, but his character's mm -hmm. dead. Died before the end of the show. Sure, sure. So it's like a in a flashback or something? I, I, don't, I don't know. Probably. Maybe I, I, he's I, been resurrected. It's a fantastical element that they added. <laughs> Magical realism added to Breaking Bad. You know what? That's, that is a direction they could go. Um Okay, all right, there's that. What was the, oh, what did you think of the acclaimed uh, Ryan Johnson episode? You know, you're not the first person to ask me about that. Um, really? And, yeah, and it was good. It's, huh. you, you would really like it. I know you like a good bottle episode. Um, yeah, yeah, totally. I find 
I didn't know that episode would be controversial because I just watched it without knowing anything and people asked me after the fact, mm-hmm. but anybody who dislikes that is a moron. <laughs> These are the people who think Breaking Bad is just about, I don't know, just shooting, Bad. shooting gangsters and uh, Walter White being a, an incredible badass. Like, yeah, oh, sure, oh sure. Oh my god, Heisenberg. Oh. <laughs> you you know, you know that that episode pissed off a ton of boomers. I think it I don't know. I mean, obviously, but I think it's also just retarded young people. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean definitely, yeah, you're right. Um the the kind of people who like go to bar trivia. Yeah. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Um, cause that episode has like a pretty touching extended, uh, moment between universe. Like, yeah. Yeah. Extended universe <laughs> <laughs> between Walter and Jesse that, that gets pretty heavy. And it's like this, if you're, how can you not be there for this character stuff? If you're watching yeah. this show. Because I, I imagine that is the uh, the main draw. Yeah, that's exactly it. So, so it's not 24. <laughs> yeah, go watch 24, you fucking assholes. Which um, is a, uh, you know, I believe product of its time. Ryan Johnson down- <laughs> downloaded, what is wrong with me? He directed <laughs> Overwatch. <laughs> he directed a different episode, too. Um, oh, really? Yeah. You, you know what's funny? I think he directed Star Wars. What's a Star Wars? It's um, you know, a little, little little sci-fi friend. It's not the biggest Star Trek, of course, but oh, he also directed what is widely regarded as the best episode of uh, Breaking oh, Bad. No kidding. Yeah, that's funny. Um, the one that uh references <laughs> references Watchmen with the title. <laughs> Go set a Watchmen. Ozzy man. Uh, yeah i don't care what anyone says ryan johnson's a fine director i don't uh, he wrote that star wars film too right i don't know if he wrote it to be honest he might have he might have had a hand in it at least i don't know anybody who has ever said oh this star wars film by ryan johnson is so badly directed Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just people who are like, oh, the director, he makes the props, he writes the script, (laughs) he acts in several of the scenes. It's all his fault. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I I have seen people downplay the directing in in that Star Wars film, though. And, you know, I think that's the only, if, if anything, I think it's the only notable thing about it. Uh, and it's, exceptional compared to jj abrams that's for sure right but it's not, not just people running everywhere <laughs> oh god i Ugh. i get i wake up in the middle of the night just scenes from the jj abrams star trek flashing before my eyes wait have you seen this the jj star trek i've seen clips which is all I need to see. <laughs> we should we should really sit down and watch them because they are 
horrific. Um, I guess the first one is like a somewhat competent, just Hollywood blockbuster action film. Like it's okay. I'll warn you, I am a fan of the Beastie Boys. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what that is. Some classical music. I believe the film refers <laughs> to it as. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. They play sabotage oh. in that scene. Which is egg on my face, because I always talk about how annoying it is that they don't do that in, in real Trek. That's right. Right? It's it's funny, because it is, it's it's logically sound but just from our perspective it feels ridiculous yeah yeah i suppose so um so what was this about lower decks that you were talking about there's not much to say but there's a deep space nine lower decks episode um okay and it gets some of the the actors back to do the voices um oh they have i specifically they have quark and uh, Major Kira. And there's a lot okay. of just random callbacks to Deep Space Nine minutia. Oh, so, you must have been uh, nursing a chub. Well, I didn't watch it. <laughs> is, is this what's going to get you to watch it? Uh, I saw a clip of it, and the animation was off-putting. Yes, it's it's like every other garbage children's cartoon. Yeah, it's I I I hesitate to say it was bad, but it was definitely soulless. Yes, yeah, it certainly certainly is soulless. Uh, and you know, I unfortunately pay for Paramount Plus. Uh, I just I just want to get that out there, and. Uh, they have unskippable Paramount Plus ads when you start watching something. And I'm subjected to just, uh, you know, half-second clips of lower decks every time I go to watch an episode of The Next Generation. And it's obnoxious. It's a very obnoxious show. Do you think the universe and uh, your psyche is going to fold in on itself when we watch the Lower Decks namesake episode of TNG? Yeah. <laughs> when is that's coming up soon, isn't it? No, that's in the final season. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh my god. Well, well silly we, me. We could accelerate, you know, just bang out an episode every day if you really want to get there. You know what? You know what? Maybe we should uh spend spend 4 hours a day on Star Trek. <laughs> Back in the mines, the Trek mines, the readier mines. The readier mines. Uh the enemy minds. I I have been playing with the idea of watching that Chris, that 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 Pike show. Which which one is that? Uh, Strange New Worlds, Brave New Worlds. I don't know. You know you know what I'm talking about though, right? Kind of right. It's 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 yeah. it's like the old Star Trek formula, but a new show. Sure. Yes. Yes. Okay. Although there, uh, there was one episode with a trans character, uh, which well, they invited had... a lot of um, psychotic <laughs> discussion on the internet. I mean, TNG had that. TNG had that. Yes. So or, I can't really actually, complain about I, it. I guess that the TNG one was non-binary. 
Mm. Yeah. It's still ahead of its time, really. Yeah. I'm not even joking. That was the the setup. It was like an androgynous society. No, yeah. I, 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 know, I know. I've seen it. <laughs> you worked on it. <laughs> Believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my man. We're going to... But, uh... Yeah? Uh, Go, ahead. Go ahead. Oh. Uh, I, I, I will be watching Picard Season 3. I don't think I can not watch it you'll have to give so me the maybe we should play. watch it together i guess we could. no we'll watch it together i'll i'll yeah we'll we'll sit down we'll get a little popcorn and we'll watch it because because we have to see these geriatrics just try right, to reprise so these roles he, here's my my vision um mm-hmm. it's like a it's a room lit by the the fading sunlight at dusk there's kind of um dust hanging in the room slash particle effects on the camera it, it kind of comes in on an aging decrepit gates and silhouette oh. and uh, the camera has a little bit of movement where it's panning around her very slowly and um, she's talking about Jean-Luc right not Picard Jean-Luc mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, there's a lot of brown it's not maybe like um like a twilighty dusky brown. That's the predominant She's color. She's in Mexico. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, who's she talking to? Who's, she's talking about Jean Luc to some to like um like a Starfleet guy that's investigating Picard for some reason, and mm-hmm. um, this guy is going around to all the ex Enterprise bridge members. And you know, one by one, their their memories of Picard are being dredged up, and uh, <laughs> then they're gonna form a grand team for a heist on a casino. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, someone's going to say fuck. Yes, Worf is gonna say fuck. <laughs> what the fuck, Captain, sir? Uh, Worf is a captain now, so, right? Well, he was the um, ambassador to to Kling for the Federation at the end of Deep Space Nine. Yeah, I, I think I think he becomes a captain. Maybe I don't know. He I, certainly I got it in him to be a captain. Yeah, he's he's got it. He's got it. Um, the shit i completely lost my train of thought never mind i wanted to continue talking about picard but i forgot what i was gonna say q oh well picard uh it's not it's not old people old people oh gates gates i knew it um, we got there you could you could crop out gates's face and put it on an ostrich and it would look completely natural <laughs> old gates or any gates old, old gates old gates specifically all right, I buy that. I mean, it's the similar effect with uh, Patrick Stewart and a tortoise. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> okay, yeah. Now, now we have to figure out which animal each each cast member is now that they're old and decrepit. Um, Freaks, Freaks seems like something cuddly. Yeah, like a koala. <laughs> or no, like 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 a like a wombat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wombat's yeah, good. Yeah. yeah. Wombats are both herbivorous and crepuscular. 
What is what's the what's the latter word mean? Uh, it's this thing no. is ro- <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I forget what crepuscular means, but I know that I learned it at some point. Uh, I will look this up. Are you using it in the right context? Yes, actually, I think it has something to do with like being nocturnal, somewhat. Yeah, okay. resembling or relating to twilight. So nocturnal is for the night, crepuscular is for twilight. Crepuscular is for animals who read terrible books. Uh, it's for animals that, that are vampires. Yeah. Uh, YA fans. Right. That's a real... Um, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. It's a real hot take amongst you know Star Trek nerds to call Twilight a bad novel. I, I, <laughs> you'll meet a lot of resistance. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, let alone going on a a social media crusade, uh, insisting that your taste in in quote literature is much more advanced than all the other kids uh, having read Star Trek meets X Men. <laughs> if your favorite novel can't be simulated with a fistful of action figures, then don't even talk to me. <laughs> uh, there is some truth to that there is some truth to that yeah the truth is uh, that nobody talks to me <laughs> I, I do want to note um, since we seem to be winding down that uh, my last bit of Star Trek news this is a Star Trek news podcast now okay thank you thank you uh, the uh, supposed next J.J. Trek film has been canceled. I heard this, actually. I I can't imagine J.J. weeps about anything. He doesn't seem like the kind of guy to be emotionally invested in any of his work. Well, he doesn't have a soul. So. Yeah, that's true. Um, and no, it's not because he's Semitic, you know. Short. But, um... The we were robbed of a Tarantino film, which is annoying yeah. to me. I mean, there's a lot of various Tarantino projects over the years that never came to fruition. He just loves to talk about shit he has no intention of following through on. <laughs> um, Simon Pegg was like, because because Simon Pegg plays Scotty right in these films. Believe it, and or he not, was I knew really, that. I think. <laughs> Didn't he I, I write? It. Didn't he write one? I think he did. He was very invested in these films, um, and I, I think he had a lot, or a, a certain amount, to do with you know their production eventually. So I'm, I don't know. I'm surprised he's not talking more about it. Maybe he's given up. Uh, he had, I liked him in that role, though. I mean, I liked him in most things that he's done, but he kind of just fell off the face of the earth at some point. He did. He did after he did that uh, that that last Cornetto film, uh, the end of the world as we know it, and I yeah. feel fine. Yes, yes, exactly. Did you did you watch that? No, I always wanted to because I saw Hot Fuzz, I saw Shaun of the Dead, but I never it's, got um, into it. It's not very well received, but I remember liking it. I, mean, I don't know, maybe I'm biased because I. 
I, I really, really like Shaun of the Dead. It's probably one of my favorite comedies. I, I, I think most people who saw it really like Shaun of the Dead. Mm-hmm. It's a very endearing but film, easy to like. Lots of people, lots of people did not like World's End, and I was, I was just, I was somewhat surprised by that. Hmm. And Hot Fuzz was yeah. also well received, right? Yeah, Hot Fuzz was well received. Although I'm honestly surprised by that because it's not really, a, it's not really a ha ha comedy. You know what I mean? It's more of a hoo hoo comedy. Yeah, ho <laughs> ho. It's it's like a. It's like a meta genre. I don't want to say deconstruction. Well, but it's 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 parody. It's parody, but it 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 on its face it takes itself seriously. So it's is Shaun of it's the a Dead little... not the same? Like what Hot Fuzz is to the action genre, Shaun of the Dead is to to horror or zombie horror. I think I I feel like Shaun of the Dead is a little more like funny, superficially speaking. More like of a there, there's comedy. More, there's more setups and punchlines okay. whereas hot fuzz especially once you start nearing like the latter 45 minutes or so it's really just an action film yeah kind of like a oh look at the way they killed that guy haha <laughs> but i think that action films just play well to audiences sure sure it's, it's not a bad film by any means although i i didn't the first time I'd watched it, I didn't really like it because it uh, betrayed my expectations. Like I, again, it wasn't it, half the movie just isn't really funny hmm. in, in the way I expected it to be. But it's it's good. Well, I appreciate that they didn't just make Shaun of the Dead three times. That's true. That's true. Yeah, I'd rather than experiment. And Ed, Edgar Wright is everything he does is hilarious. I think. Hmm. I wanted to watch. Um, what what is it? Baby driver, boss baby driver. <laughs> boss baby, baby driver's good. It's it's. I, I liked it a lot. Now, uh, is that somebody fact, I, that like really um, is is harsh on babies? Like, oh, you're a real baby driver. Baby, baby, baby driver. <laughs> They're crawling around. He's whipping them. <laughs> but, put, put, put that circle into the hole. You're gonna get it. Uh, um, yeah, Baby Driver. I watched it on a plane, like all my movies. I watched Sounds it on like a plane. Sounds like the perfect and environment to watch, though. Absolutely. Uh, it had Kevin Spacey in it. Was this before the uh, the end times? Well, I think I think by the time the film had come out, he the, this was the yeah, the end times for him. Kevin Spacey so that's a bit funny. of a baby driver himself. He certainly is. Uh, he's got a baby face too. Will it turn he looks, baby heel? He looks like a, a baby. Face. <laughs> 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 oh, very nice, very nice. Oh, I forgot. Seven of Nine is going to be in Picard season three. So, having seen a little bit more of Voyager before I before I ditched it for Breaking Bad slash Better Call Saul, I was a uh, past the point of seven and nine's introduction uh-huh and i just cannot fathom why people would be excited about the return of seven and nine it's like like what a just she she's fine she's not like bad or anything but definitely mm-hmm. compared to the rest of the voyager crew but um 
I'm not exactly clamoring for more seven and nine. Never was. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if these people want to want to furiously jo or what. I think so. Uh, she's one of the few attractive women we get, really. But um, and she's still pretty attractive nowadays, somehow. But um, Gates, I, I, I'm I'm struggling to because. I want to say, like, my knee-jerk reaction to Seven of Nine as a concept would be, oh, that's a cool idea. Right. But uh, I, mean, I wonder if I'm kind of over the Borg Well, you, if, if you're not, you will be at the conclusion of Voyager. Because they <laughs> do everything in their power right. to demystify the Borg. Yeah, yeah that's, that's the thing. And I think... For as good as, and even for as good as Best of Both Worlds was, the way the Borg were defeated was kind of like, oh, we hacked their mainframe and now they're asleep. Right. It's kind of like, oh, okay. All right, well, you know, I, I guess they're not the antagonists anymore. Borg aren't, weren't cool because they are, you know, half-robot people. They were cool mm. because they were so seemingly insurmountable. That's the, yes, exactly. So, oh. Once they have been surmounted, I don't really think I care. Right. Um, you know, if if I wanted to kind of explore uh, this this idea of, of of someone who has been assimilated, kind of returning to human life, you know, I'd play Quake Four. I think. <laughs> there's um there's a a new antagonistic species in Voyager called um, species like some numbers or X. something like now like species like <laughs> three five seven two um sure it's whatever designation the borg gave them and their whole shtick is that they are the species that the borg is afraid of and they Ooh. come from like some other dimension they're all they look like big bug people and um they're all cg and there's nothing oh, really that must be terrible. There's nothing really interesting about them. It's just, oh, the Borg is scared of them, so I guess I am too. Right. But you know, Voyager still comes out on top. And it's like, okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, that would be interesting. Um in, in more competent hands, I guess. Mm. Um What was I gonna say? We're really yeah. burning the midnight oil here. Uh uh whatever i forgot you know that's that uh 8 a.m midnight oil yeah yeah well it's a little earlier than expected but yeah i i had to start using it unfortunately mm. well you know a podcaster is never early nor late he is is that confucius always on time he records <laughs> precisely when he intends to <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a quote from my favorite literary character, Black Gandalf. <laughs> um, in in other news, in lighter news, uh, I have procured news. some 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 Taiwanese pineapple cakes, which <laughs> taste suspiciously like Fig Newtons. Oh, they're actual cakes. That's not like a drug. Yeah, it's not. It's not a drug. 
Uh, well, yo, you know where I can score some Taiwanese pineapple cakes around here? Really fixing. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I suppose I am one to engage in recreational drug use once in a while. So I could see where the confusion would come in. Yeah, I only engage in obligatory drug use. Mm-hmm. When it's force-fed to you? Yeah. By your, by your the government. handler? Yeah, by the government. <laughs> the fluoride in my water. <laughs> uh, the chemtrails raining down on me. So we got a well, question um, of the week. Yeah, we do. We yeah. do. I we, we we were we were kind of grasping, just trying to extend this uh this this first hour, hour and a half. I, I could feel it. No, it's more of like I want to talk about Trek. Just a uh, a general weary weariness <laughs> and and more generalized wariness about Trek. Ah, but yeah, yeah, uh, we hate Trek. But we, uh, yeah, let's. Uh, Let's take a question of the week. Let's take a question. So this week's question of the week comes from Edmund Fitzgerald. <laughs> Don't laugh at the man's name. It's a little rude. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That, that was that was uh, uncalled for. Edmund asks, um, just he gets right into it. He says, "Who lets you get away with such blatant navel gazing? People pay you." And that's a pretty good question. Kind of double up questions together. But thank you, Fitz. Um, for me, and I don't want to answer for both of us, but for me, my dad used to he used to serve, and he would often take me to the shipyard to watch the various battleships roll into the harbor, which, as a kid, you know, is pretty a pretty majestic thing because those things are fucking huge. Mm -hmm. And I. You know, him and I went together pretty often. Once I was able to drive as a teenager, I would do this kind of by myself sometimes, take a date there on occasion, you know. But I, th I think it took you once or twice. To... Yeah, oh, yeah, we've, I've been. Yeah. I've been, yeah, yeah. Um, it's something I highly recommend if you've never had a chance to do it. Um, good way to kill a Sunday afternoon. Um, a lot of fun. I don't know. Do you have any other uh, navel gazing stories? Um, well, so going back to this, uh, gentleman's question, who, who lets you get away with such navel gazing? Um, mm. unfortunately I haven't been navel gazing since I think the nineties. Um, that was, you know, when crop tops were in style. Right. Mm. And then, uh, you know, eventually they just, they took it all away from us. Yeah, I remember once a certain season of the Gilmore Girls dropped, and you know all the all the women would take their fashion uh, tips from the Gilmore Girls, and yes. they didn't have those kind of crop tops. They had long, oversized sweaters, and that was the end. We of that. yeah, we we went we went from from low rise jeans and crop tops to uh, North Face jackets and UGGs. Very quickly, right? Almost overnight. Um, but I, you know, I will say that I, I do keep some magazines around, um, which which include pictures of Britney Spears at fifteen years old, which I, you know, I use on occasion. For for me, I like to cut out the navel, like I cut just below the bottom of the crop top and just 
above the the hem of the jeans and uh yes just paste a cascading totem of navels <laughs> vertically see see i i do the same thing but i i replace it with c3po's wires from the same location smart yeah now what's really difficult is is photocopying these such that they come out the same size as each other to make a um no discrepancies in the width of the navel right right so, requires some uh some clever photo editing a fastidious attention to detail for sure that's the that is the word i would have used yes fastidious um fastidious fastidious but navel gazing <laughs> is not as easy to get away with these days as you would certainly think. not certainly not especially after me too you know you can barely talk to a woman nowadays right right me too is that like a wally sequel Hold on. I'm not getting it. <laughs> That's okay. No, I don't get it. That's okay. Am I I need it? <laughs> no, just just me then the number two vaguely sounds like a, a robotic serial number of a oh, fictional okay. robot. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> you know, Wally, me too. <laughs> Well, it helps if you say Wall E. <laughs> yes, Wall E. Sorry, Wall right. E. The wall that came to life. Um, if you are, I want to thank Edmund for his question and remind everybody that you're like, if you're like Fitz here, then you want us to answer your question on the question of the week. You can email us at thereadyroom at gmail dot com with capital T and two capital R's or tweet at the readier room and send us your question and we'll answer it especially the good ones we are possibly going to take a break we're going to take a break uh I don't know if I need to I, should I get more coffee no it's a diuretic I feel like I, feel like I want more coffee mm, then it's I guess cold. I guess we'll take a break yeah yeah let's take a quickie we'll be back we'll give each other a quickie and uh then we'll talk trek back in a moment and we're back we're back we're back and uh we're here to talk trek we are here to talk trek now you're a very sleepy boy mitch but uh the good the good news is that you'll probably get your second wind soon i am only human and, after uh, all yeah. That is um, a, a Billy Joel reference. Ah, uh, I thought it was a Sam Smith reference. No, there's um there's a song called Second Wind and then parenthetically Only Human by Billy Joel. I actually I somehow I've not heard this song. What album is that? I believe it's Innocent Man. It's you know like the doo-wop album. Yes, the doo-wop album. I mean, all the songs on it reference, like, a different doo-wop adjacent artist. Call of Duty doo-wops. How about Wait. that? Uh, you're very funny, but it's not 
That's not that record. I was wrong. Oh. Uh, might be River of Dreams. Okay. I know I am getting to the bottom of this, so don't don't think about moving <laughs> on. Uh, I'll wait. Oh my god, I never would have expected this. It originally appeared on a Greatest Hits album. What? Crazy. That's, that's interesting. That's like a that's like a trivia question. Yeah. But it's a song oh, nice. about teen suicide. Whether it's ah. encouraging or discouraging it, I'm not sure. Now, is is it in like is it in like doo-wop style? No, it's actually more of a reggae jaunt. That's that's a, that's kind of a shame. <laughs> get get like a kind of a a slow paced six eight rhythm, kind of like Earth Angel with the 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 guitar chords on the beat, kind of romantic. And it's about kids killing themselves. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it could have been something really special. But, uh, oh well. Uh, Devil's Do. Yeah. Uh, a more bizarre episode than we typically get. Yeah, it was a very, very funny. And I, I put that in scare quotes, not because I don't believe it, but because it's debatable. A uh, very funny episode. I think the humor mostly comes in the the latter half in the uh, in the courtroom drama. Sure, sure. Uh, although it is it is just ridiculous the whole way through. Yes. And uh, there's no real. I mean, there are stakes, but it's presented to you in such a way that you never feel anxious about it. Really. No, because. The core conceit of, you know, is this character telling the truth? Or are they some kind of huckster? Um, Picard mm-hmm. is immediate and unwavering in his belief that this person's not on the level. Yeah, and what do you know? He's right. There's right. no twist. He's, he's just right. Um, so there's no real tension or apprehension uh, on the part of the audience. And yeah, and it is kind of like just a woman. So, like, it's just like a just some chick. This woman, she lied to get what she wanted. That's science fiction. <laughs> I, I'm going insane. <laughs> uh, what did you think about it though, as a whole? I didn't really like it. I didn't hate it. Ooh. I. Ooh. I liked precisely a few of the lines the, the like the data judge data jokes in, at, towards the end sure i sure. i i did get hum- uh, amusement from that but um overall i just wasn't very interested in it yeah and i, I, on, I on that note just 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 to interject really quickly on that note the the data judge data stuff i found it genuinely interesting the idea of um data worrying about his lack of bias in arbitration mm. yeah it's kind of a, a a reversal of of what you would usually find with any other character yeah but uh but this yeah. was clearly not interested in like no 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 no, no real not at all drama from that <laughs> right right it's kind of a throwaway idea right when it could actually 
carry an entire episode. It certainly could. Like, uh, I think a much better um, episode concept would be similar courtroom thing with, J- with Data as the arbitrator, but maybe a, a lower-ranking Enterprise crew member has committed some foible on a planet, and uh, Data ultimately has to rule against them, and they suffer whatever consequence. Um, and then Data dealing with that. Yeah, sure. That's kind of interesting. Hell, you could even make it a a main crew member if if they don't actually fucking die. But you know, right? Huh? Yeah, I guess that would have been pretty good. Um, maybe maybe a little more a little more tension between the um, the crew that needs to kind of work against each other. Hmm. Exactly. But because uh, that didn't happen here. No, in this it's just how many silly costumes can we bring out of the closet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, which I don't know. It was fun. I I like this episode. I think significantly more than you. It sounds like it. What did you like about it? Well, I I appreciated just the tone of it. Uh, I think we haven't had like a a sillier episode in a while. Hmm. So I it 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 feels fresh. Um, I thought. I thought um, Marta was, you know, as good of an actress as you're going to get. I thought I thought her performance was, like, fun. Yeah, I thought it was fun. Um, She's kind of hamming it up reasonably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I don't know. I, I, every now and then I just like something with, like, very low stakes. And it, it, wasn't, it wasn't boring. Kept my attention. I, uh, I will agree it was not boring. And... I thought everything kind of came together really well in terms of the uh, the guest actors, and it all made sense, which is something that doesn't always happen. Oh, oh, actually, it didn't all make sense because my issue is the the one big issue I had through this entire episode was why would a contract um be valid? A contract like this, why would it be valid? when we're considering that uh, the Enterprise is Federation property. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, you're already... Like, if if this woman was smart, and we're led to believe that she is to a degree, she wouldn't have gotten herself tangled up in, like, Federation business by claiming that the contract included uh, her ownership of, of Federation property. It doesn't make any sense. Right. Um, There's no arbitration needed. It's, it just doesn't make any sense. It's just straight up a plot convenience that the Enterprises can't fly away from this, say it's the Prime Directive yeah. and call it a day. Right, sure, sure. Yeah, that was another thing that was somewhat odd. Um, although I, I guess I understand Picard's desire to kind of shit on this woman. Mm. Well, we all have those desires now and again. Every now and then. <laughs> um, to me, this episode felt kind of like a facsimile of a of a Star Trek episode, of a TNG episode. Yeah. In that, definitely a facsimile of a TNG episode. Yeah, yeah. Very often, there's this image of Picard, the orator, making a speech and saving the day through his uh, cunning linguist skills. 
and mm-hmm. very nice thank you and um here in the courtroom scene it's like all right cool this is exactly what's going to happen when in actuality it's just you know not at all like that there's no compelling uh argumentation it's just jordy found something and picard shows the evidence oh my god you're right i forgot about that and 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 meanwhile um the woman formerly known as arda ardra arda ardra is it ardra i think it's ardra um is, is it seems completely unperturbed by this you know they 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 go in for for recess and picard's like Oh, I think I think I found the thing that's gonna make me win, Data. <laughs> and uh, she's still kind of just sitting there; she doesn't really care. Um, that is really stupid. You're right. Oh no, I hate this episode now. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, but it does yeah. feel that way, right? It's just I, 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 I get, I get what you're saying. Um, I think part of it has to do with this having been dredged up from um, an old original series script yes and retooled for that because it's when you think about it it is very much it feels like a kirk thing doesn't it right when when the character the captain is not um supposed to be the the intellectual type but rather the the action show off more Mm -hmm. charismatic guy it makes complete sense for him to just have this you know magic show essentially yeah, 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 totally, totally. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't think this episode, this script, ever escaped its roots. In fact, I think this was one of the... Archer I trying to seduce this. him? Another Kirk thing? Yeah. I might be wrong about this, but I think this was one of the earliest episodes ever put to paper. Hmm. So, it's got it's got something of a history behind it and and yeah it definitely feels like it doesn't quite fit here but again that's that's why i like it i i like kind of goofy stuff in in shows like this sometimes i don't mind goofy but i think you can do it in a way that's a little more true to tng for example um the Barclay episode where he's kind of got that hollow uh, program of the crew and they're all silly <laughs> yeah. in various ways. Like that was pretty goofy, but it was all, it also fit well. And, sure. And it was very sure. enjoyable. But I still yeah. don't hate the episode. Um, despite all my misgivings, I was entertained, but it was never anything more than passable. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess I can see that. Um, and I, I guess I've already knocked this down maybe half a point for <laughs> for uh, for myself. So. Well, hold on. We we still have some plot summary to go. We can get that other yeah. half a point yet. Yeah. All right. So so let's go. Um, the episode opens with uh, with Data in the holodeck playing Scrooge. Right. Which Scrooge isn't, it isn't some kind of futuristic 4D chess game. It's a... Scrooge is the name of a literary character. <laughs> hey, you want to go to Ten Ford and play some Scrooge? <laughs> Everyone just throws their hands up and shouts Scrooge when you get a point. <laughs> um, a bizarre performance here from Brent. Uh, 
I, I remember Patrick was so distressed by this that uh, he would go on to bankroll that, that Broadway tour mm. of A Christmas Carol, starring himself, of course. Right. Um, I think he which, played the uh, titular Carol. <laughs> Christmas Carol. <laughs> Ooh, now there's, there's a high concept production. A Christmas Carol. Huh. Um, but yeah, and, and, you know, as, as we know that, uh, that would eventually be, be turned into a, an acclaimed made for TV movie by, by TNT, mm. um, critics called the film explosive. I really, critics uh, called the film explosive. Critics called the film explosive. Mm-hmm. I, I like my reading, but critics called the film explosive. Critics called the film explosive. <laughs> the the film explosive has big a scanner darkly energy. Yes, yes, yes it does. <laughs> New Philip K. Dick just dropped. <laughs> um, yeah, Brent's really hamming it up in this scene, huh? And it's kind of. I didn't like it. No, I didn't like it either. Um, very, very, very poor performance. I don't. I just Scrooge don't think McDuck. Brent is a very good actor. <laughs> oh, I don't know if that's true. I think we've had this conversation before, haven't we? Well, we certainly had it on set more than enough times. <laughs> I think I think Brent is more than a fine actor. He, I think he does a good job. He plays Data well, but I think the way he plays Lore. The way he plays more comedic roles in a lot of other shows, or in the past, um, just, he doesn't, all of his acting comes across as pretty disingenuous. You think so? I don't know, I like his lore. It feels, it feels like very theater, you know? Yeah, but theater in the sense that I need to be so exaggerated so the people in the back can pick this up. Ah, that's that's some history. You tripped over my words. Yeah, I just had a stroke. (laughs) Jesus. This is what happens when you get midnight readier. Readier after dark? I, I, I mean, I don't know if it's necessarily... I still don't know if that necessarily makes it bad. I don't know. We're we're, we're gonna have to agree to disagree on that because I think we had like an hour long conversation on it before. Okay. The, but definitely, definitely not good here. Not at all. Can't agree upon that. He uh, uh, and it's yeah. it's it's such a it's such a brief moment, but uh, I'm I'm so offended by it. This scene. Well, it it's the literally the first thing you see so it's going to make an image on you and, sure uh, it's, it's going to imprint upon me <laughs> it was a lot worse than the uh shakespeare scene much right. worse yeah yeah that was a fine performance and absolutely it, it does, in fact i really like that it does beg the question of how many times can you do this <laughs> in one um, show eventually you start just delving into like bizarre genre fiction for things really that, that, that data reenacts what what give for example for example um 
I don't know. Fifty shades. I don't know. I was. <laughs> if if uh, I I wish I knew I would have prepared a better example. Flatland. <laughs> Data. Like, Data's just dressed as a square, and um, after Picard <laughs> halts, dressed as a square. <laughs> after Picard halts the program, they're like walking out into the hallway. Data's still a square. It's like very good, Data. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, and the captain. Um, I don't understand. What does the what do uh, parallelograms have to do with the human condition? Oh, you see, Data, we're all flat characters on the inside. Oh my god! Hmm. Curious. Perhaps the way we view the second dimension is the same way higher beings view us in the third dimension. Oh, yeah, I never thought about that. Wow. Yeah. Yes, Data, that is how the book ends. <laughs> um, yeah, P Picard is very impressed by Data here. He's got to be. It's in the script. It's in the script. <laughs> and It's um... in his prescription. <laughs> We unfortunately dive in, into with data um, the concept of method acting here. Yeah, which is uh, the biggest meme of all time. Yeah, that that and me and the concept of the extended warranty are the two front runners for the biggest meme of all time. <laughs> Um, and I got no love for this. The method. For what, this scene? Yeah. I mean, or, or method acting. I don't... Both. I don't think this even connects to the theme of the episode all that well. It certainly doesn't. Because that's the goal of these, these cold opens, right? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. To reinforce the, the theming, but there ain't nothing here. Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. Um, also, Picard gets called to the bridge by Riker, and instead of immediately going to the bridge and you know in case it's an emergency, he just stands there and kind of talks with Data for a little bit more, uh, which well, that's, I found a little irresponsible. That's more of a power move, right? Whose ship is this, really? <laughs> How dare you call me to the bridge? You tell Commander Riker I'll come to the bridge when I'm fucking ready. <laughs> so we then learn that it's um it's well the episode leads you to think that it's going to be a science station episode right and we're all very sad that it wasn't yeah yeah absolutely it's it's not a science station episode there's no science station because it gets blown up no, it gets broken into uh, because what? So here's here's something that I found curious about the um, the setting here, which is we're dealing with a society, an alien society of humans who are aliens, <laughs> who a thousand years ago. Um, kind of just gave up all their technology and now they're like farmers, right? But 
apparently they're still aware of spacefaring civilizations and can communicate with them on the same level. Did you, did you find this odd? I mean, yes, but after encountering humans in the the Gamma Quadrant or the Delta Quadrant, whatever Voyager is, I uh, I have forever scrubbed this from my mind and just, uh, just give up on the consistency. <laughs> yeah, uh, you're totally right. The 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 annoying thing is though in in a more serious episode, this is actually kind of a cool civilization to explore. Yeah. You know what I mean? Star Trek is not hurting um, for, for the cool idea. It's the execution. Right, yeah. That's the <laughs> yeah, problem. That's, that's true. That is how it always, how, how it always ends up. Um, but yeah, going, going back into this episode, um, you know, jogging my memory as I'm rewatching it, I recall being surprised at uh at this point in the episode where there's like a science station on a planet like of an agrarian society well they're they're not apparently that society is completely aware of despite both being humans the science station the scientists are not native to the planet right oh yeah no 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 yeah yeah that's that's not what i'm saying necessarily it's it's that um you know it's kind of like a you know we watched who watches the watchers well right but <laughs> yeah um but it's not that they're ludites that they are you know anti-technology and hate it they just decided to give it up sure yeah it's just that like i would think after a thousand years of that maybe they would have forgotten you know about well, who, outer space or something who knows these alien humans maybe they have a lifespan of a thousand years and it's all the same. Oh, maybe they do. Maybe. Uh, I, I'm not. I'm not offended by it, but I was confused for a moment. That's all. And um, huh. so, so the science station gets broken into, um, and you know, Picard's on the Picard's on Skype with, with the the head of the, the station. Other oh, old guy. and. Yeah, other old guy. Yeah, and I guess there's like a riot going on on the planet for because uh, there's some earthquakes. Reason. Yeah, 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 which signals the, um, the coming of a of a deity, right? That uh, is is not benevolent apparently, named Ardra, otherwise known as and malevolent. <laughs> otherwise known as maleficent. <laughs> And... Otherwise, slow as molasses. <laughs> Wrapping it all back around. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So, so Picard is able to get I don't know someone to beam the old guy back, but not everyone else uh, onto the ship. Yeah, because reasons. Yeah, yeah. He couldn't get a lock on them, and. Uh, we're treated to something I thought was was kind of kind of a funny cap to the scene, where Picard says, um, "You know, he he says to I don't know if O'Brien was was on transporter duty or whatever, but he says to whoever's transporting, he says, you know, have have the guy come to my ready room, and then he turns to Riker and says, number one, try and make some sense out of this mess, and um, Picard walks away, and then Riker kind of just stands there and like does that eye thing." 
Um, this line is the equivalent of uh, Riker solve this problem. You know? I think we've all had times in one job or another where your boss just tells you to do something and you're just left throwing your hands up without a clue. <laughs> the, my problem is Picard seems to do this fairly often. That's just good leadership. Mm-hmm. Can't hold their hand all the time. No. Um, can't do, hold their hand We do longer. have a fish. And uh, oh, not bad. the direction was very proud of the fish that the fishmonger procured that day. Yes. To put yes. it right up front and center. <laughs> Creative shot. Interior. Radio uh, room. Fish in tank. <laughs> fish in tank. <laughs> so here the and I guess we, we get the first yeah. exposition on on the whole Ardra thing. They're like, oh, they're yeah. rioting because this deity they believe is coming back. It's the end of times. It's it's the devil. The pretty devil. standard stuff, right? The devil. The devil. It's pretty standard stuff. Um, <laughs> these people are worried that yeah, this uh, this deity's coming back and is gonna either kill them or enslave them or something i don't know what they think but it's enough for there to be riots and stuff um troy does an amazing job and and lets us know that there's a lot of anxiety down on that planet right now um i guess enough to commit suicide well the bar for that is you and i both know is very low but yes it is very low <laughs> um yeah, so I guess they end up Picard and Worf and Riker, someone I don't know. They 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 beam down to the planet, um, to well, okay, I'm sorry. They talk with the leader of the planet first, and he's actually just a normal dude, normal space for the most human. part. Yeah, he's a normal space human, and uh, he 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 immediately acquiesces to the request to um return the hostages but you know he's he's like i don't know if that's possible because i don't know like people are behaving erratically and um so i guess they the enterprise crew decides to beam down to kind of facilitate the the return of the hostages from the science station right and then and, this this is where ardra comes in this is where ardra comes in right a little bit on the uh the history of Ardra here. Um, for the first several drafts of the script, including the one that was uh, originally for, you know, TOS, the original series, um, Ardra was instead known as um, Lived, Devil Backwards. Lived. Right. Mm -hmm. And we did some table reads, but the problem was that no one was really sure how to pronounce that. Like, some of the actors said Lived, some others said lived, and finally, there were two or three people that said lived. I mean, in any <laughs> case, it wasn't a very threatening name, but the writers were adamant that that had to be the name. It's Devil Backwards. She's the devil. That's it. Some nonsense about banishments and naming rituals. I wasn't quite paying that much attention, but... Yeah. Hold on. Uh, My memory's a little foggy at this point but the name obviously changed eventually so is that's pretty good 
right? <laughs> Eventually, yeah, 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 yeah. And 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 we got uh, we we got the striking name Ardra, right? Which, which like, sounds like a bird. I keep thinking it's related to dragons in some way, but it's not. And uh, she's not. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Ar Ardra in the first few drafts also was a man at first. Mm. Um, and and the decision to to move away from that um, was, uh, I think that came from Michael, um, who considered the inclination toward deception to be a, a, quote, feminine trait. Thank God he spoke up. I always found the scene where Ardris tries to seduce Picard to be pretty awkward to film before that uh, that change was made. Well, it was progressive. And, uh, you know, I guess if, if we hadn't made the change, the TV censors would have. That's right. You know, it used to be difficult to be gay back in the day. The censors were just very, very powerful. I They could have changed, and they would have changed Picard to be a woman to let that scene go through. They would have. They would have. You know, now now you can just throw it into any any tight hole you want these days. Yeah, but the sensors they ran a tight ship. Real baby drivers, those guys. <laughs> Real baby drivers. <laughs> um Yeah, and and it's at this point that we also realize, you know, we've we've met Ardra. Um it's at this point we also realize that girls get it done. Indeed. You know? Uh, girls get it done count for TNG. Currently up to like, I don't know, 50. One. <laughs> when, when did other girls get it done so far? Um, There was that one time Crusher, Dr. Crusher got over her bullshit white woman disease and uh, stopped being <laughs> delusional. She got it done. I guess there was that other time where she resurrected a man. <laughs> From beyond the the veil of death, yeah. Um, did Pulaski ever get it done? She stuck it to some of the higher ranking men on the ship and ousted Worf yeah. as a romantic, <laughs> and just absolutely shit all over Data all the time. Yeah, she got it done. She, she got, got it, it done. done. She got it done. Uh, Troy never gets it done though. And I can spoilers for the rest of the series. She does not get it done. You want to see Troy not getting it done? I refer you to the episode "Disaster," where she becomes the the ranking captain. Fitting <laughs> <laughs> name, and absolutely does not get it done. She does not get it done. But in this episode, girls do get it done, and I'm here for it. I'm uh I'm also present. So it. So we we learn here that um Ardra and the people of this planet that I don't remember the name of entered into a contract a thousand years ago. Um where the planet would receive 1,000 years of peace and prosperity. And in exchange for that, Ardra would uh, enslave the population at the end of that 1,000 years. Fair deal. And now she's come to, to collect on that. And she, for some reason, is 
extremely sexually attracted to Picard. Oh, also she can turn into a Klingon monster. Right, and later on, uh, a very silly rendition of the devil. <laughs> the devil! Oh! <laughs> and, like, devil. one other thing, right? What else does she turn into? Uh, another, like, Targ monster. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but um, she is... that, that Klingon monster costume is absolutely grotesque. Yeah, the big old and the drippy. voice, my god, it's it's more effort than I would expect would have expected for not a lot of screen time. It is, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is a lot of effort. Yeah, it appears for like what five seconds. Hmm. The card turns so, into it too. So weird. He does. He does. But the uh, there's a lot of Satanism going around this episode, which sparked its own share of controversy. Um, it was this. I think this is the only episode we ever had that was protested both by Christians because they thought it was supporting Satanism and Satanists because mm-hmm. they thought it was denigrating Satanism. Right. Um, now, oddly enough, it was also protested by the Jews, but we never really found out why. That was. It's still a mystery, really. Yeah. But hopefully time has healed that wound. Or perhaps it hasn't. Perhaps that wound is still open. Festering. Uncle Festering. So what happened next? <laughs> you can't you can't just drop that and, and move on. Uh, what indeed what indeed happened next? Um, is this the... where Ardra makes her claim on the Enterprise? So, well, I think immediately following this, uh, Picard has a little heart-to-heart with Data in the ready room. Right. He says, Data, if you ever need to become the arbitrator of a legal dispute, <laughs> then you must remember the words of Scrooge McDuck. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> bah humbug. Money, money, uh, money, money. He he quotes, oh, oh, wow, this is topical for me as I'm eating my Barnum animal crackers. Oh, yeah, you're right. Picard quotes, this is, it's like my own Star Trek episode today. I start eating the crackers, and then Picard quotes P.T. Barnum. Which I I found, for some reason, Picard saying the word sucker feels really out of place. Agreed. Also, the um, just how this is introduced in the first quarter of the episode and is just straight up the only track they ever go on the whole time. Yeah. Yes, it's uh, a little odd. A um, sucker is born every minute. No. Given that this is the 15th minute of the episode, 15 suckers have been born. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, yeah, so so Picard is dead set on exposing Ardra as a fraud. Uh, he thinks she's just some bitch, and she is. Um... And so he has data read through, I guess, all the contracts. Right. Like there's big books of con, like the contract 
um, that have been stashed away. Um, Teasing. Fun fact. Yeah. Those props were actually uh, imported from Eastern Europe. They're some of the world's oldest known Bible concordances. Ah, yes. Um, yeah, yeah. And after we wrapped, we just peed and pooped all over them. That's why they're so. known as the Dead Sea Scrolls. <laughs> That's right. I this 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 part teased you with the idea of like a a legal loophole solution, like the kind of yes, yes, it did fun bureaucratic stuff, and um, turns out it amounts to nothing. It amounts to nothing. Yes, um, data. Well, first of all, Picard goes to the bridge of the Enterprise only to find Ardra sitting in his chair, um, very Q like. It's literally just a Q scene. It is. She's uh, wearing the uniform. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, then he tries to transport her off the ship, but it turns out she just moved chairs. Devilish. And, uh, here's the, okay, here's a great question, if I do say so myself. She replaces, uh, I guess, an ensign or something at... Uh, at comms, yeah, Ensign Ching Chong, right? Yes. The implication being that he would have been transported to her ship, right? Right. And he says nothing. <laughs> He's not like, "Oh, Captain, I was transported to a ship, just just a ship." They told him not to talk, like when he got transported <laughs> over. The, oh yeah, the transporter yeah. chief from the ship like held a finger to his mouth. Maybe, maybe he couldn't speak English. <laughs> <laughs> just kept saying something wong over and over <laughs> something wong something wong yes and so i know your name uh he, he does that when, when he gets flashed back by ardra um he does that like funny little chinese man stare he's, he's like oh that was actually I, I the direction that actor was given <laughs> He's, all right now look like a chinaman right do it like the chinaman do give me that oriental <laughs> look so that oriental flair uh okay yeah it's at this point that data returns and tells picard nope can't get out of this one it's uh this one sound. being her her claim to the the planet and the enterprise now I, it was orbiting. I like to think that there is no legal precedent in that society for um, enslavement deals with an omnipotent entity, but mm -hmm. you never know. It might be on the books. Yeah. Um, at, at the very least, they could have tried. But alas. No, we, we could only come up with one solution to this problem, and we're never trying anything else. <laughs> Picard uh, goes to bed and wakes up and Archer's there you know what before we get into this this whole thing um, this idea of like okay this person's presenting themselves as a as a deity and we immediately know that they're lying because God is dead and we killed him um <laughs> Is very TNG. Uh, Deep Space yeah. Nine was more open to to playing with mysticism. Okay. And the idea that 
um, some there might be that kind of element to things like that's a pretty core conflict between the the two uh, the first officer and, and Captain Cisco on Deep Space Nine. Okay, the, the belief in mysticism and it, the, the denial of it, but it was more interesting than just up. Oh, that's it's completely impossible. We're not even going to think about it or consider it. Um, even if that is, even if that gels with a society advanced enough to get into space, uh, just mm-hmm. leaving that behind, it, it does make for less compelling stories. I feel. Yeah, maybe. I mean, so I, I guess what you're saying is that, um, TNG is the 15 year old atheist who posts on Reddit. Well, Deep Space Nine goes to church every Sunday. Deep Space Nine um, finds God even on the golf course. You know, it's not the building. It's uh, it's your relationship with the big man. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I, I get what you're saying. Uh, not about the golf course, but <laughs> about everything else. It's kind of, um, uh, what do I want to say? It's sort of taken for granted that TNG would handle a concept like this in in this way. Mm. So it's a little bit boring, maybe. Yeah. Um, It's it's, it's almost like, why why make this episode, kind of? Hmm. When I am, I remember hearing this, especially at the time when Deep Space Nine did take that, I don't know, more nuanced look at at various mysticisms and whatnot. It it did have its own backlash to that, that people just didn't want oh, stories yeah. with a religious element. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's a fine perspective, if a little limiting. So, kind of wanting this take from TNG is fine to me. Yeah, I mean, I, I get it. I get it. it. It's it's just that we've done this so many times at this point, right? Yeah. Where, uh, you know, the, the crew runs into a god and it's just like some dude. They can't all be Nagilum. Oh, no. I mean, Q's kind of a god. He's just just a straight up god kind of right it's like he is oh i guess no one really worships him i worship you <laughs> yeah I, no one no one but the fans we all make sacrifices at the altar of delancey and, and Who... fans of my little pony friendship is magic delancey by the way was in breaking bad yes oh i was going to tell you this or did i tell you this Maybe not, but I, I was going to bring it up at some point. That he was in Breaking Bad? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, you didn't tell me, so thanks for that. Uh-huh. But um, I was delighted when I saw him. I yeah, was delancied. Yeah. It is always a treat when you see Delancey in the wild. It's it's like It's like seeing a cute dog on the side of the street. Right, right, right. Or... or... An aging old man. <laughs> He's affable. 
he's affable. Uh, yeah, he, he he can be aft. Yeah, and uh, like like we've said countless times, he he looks better with age. Hmm. We'll say it as many times as it takes until he starts looking worse. Well, you know, which is right around the corner. All the incels tell me that John Delancey hits the wall later than most. <laughs> That's the prevailing theory. He, uh, he's aged like a fine port. <laughs> that uh, one could go navel gazing at. Yeah, yeah, just bringing this back around to ships. <laughs> <laughs> See, my ship was always Delancey and Delancey. Cute, cute. So Ardra comes to seduce Picard, as we all do at some point in our lives. <laughs> and I'm still not sure why she's so uh, so attracted to him, other than the script necessitates it. Well, he was Kirk at some point in the script's development. Yeah. But he... Uh, Kirkier Picard than we've ever had. Picard delivers my favorite line, possibly in all of TNG. Um, when he Earl Grey hot, Earl... <laughs> not in this scene. He in describing Ar Argo, Ardra, Ardra, Argo, <laughs> Fargo. He he says, "I find you obvious and vulgar," mm. which among the crew quickly became the way that we started to greet Marina on set. Right, right, right. Yes. Yes, because we do get a, uh, a a little Troy scene here, where uh, and and this is bizarre. She manages to turn into Troy. Yeah, who knows how she managed? Was was her crew just like programming in Troy's appearance? Right. Yeah. How did they know? Like, what's going on here? But I I do appreciate the um, the belief on Ardra's part that Picard wants to fuck Troy. It's more, it's more Freudian than anything else. <laughs> Troidian. <laughs> Troidian slip. That was the name of uh, the one piece that she wore. That leotard. <laughs> the Troidian slip. <laughs> oh, Christ. Um... And, and you know what? It's it's made me want to explore this Picard Troy sexual dynamic. So I think what I'm going to do is, after we're finished recording, I'm going to open up uh, OpenAI and uh, take a crack at it. A noble endeavor. I'll let you know how it goes. Oh, I know you will. And uh, hopefully, I can enjoy that on my own private time. So. Ardra being uh, um, dunked on as uh, as being obvious and and vulgar. Now that we know that that Ardra is obvious, right? <laughs> Obviously, uh, Ardra. She. I guess she got she. What did she leave of her own accord? I'm not exactly sure. Yeah, I forget. I kind of stopped paying attention at this point. Oh, in this episode um, that you liked? Yeah. <laughs> we we see a Matt painting, another another one of Matt's famous paintings, which, uh, as you know, is one of my favorite parts of TNG. It's Always. a nice little painting. Yeah. And uh, 
you know, as 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 usual at this point in in production, we have um, people walking around in the background, like on this bridge. I love it. I just love the effect. So cool. A nice little blend. And then this is where the the courtroom scene starts, right? Yes. Or maybe yes. Jordy's investigating and then the courtroom scene? Yeah, you know what? The Enterprise disappears. Right, because she... This is what happens. She transports Picard down to the planet from his room. Yes, that's it. Okay. And then when he's going back in the shuttle, she disappears the Enterprise. Yeah. Now, Jordy is down on the planet, right? Yeah, he's working with the uh, other old guy. Yeah, why? <laughs> to... What is he working on? <laughs> <laughs> he's trying to, to unmask Ardra's... Uh, Mask. Deception. Mm-hmm. I thought she was obvious. Well, obviously vulgar, but deceptively. Uh, they're, they're, what's some tagline for like a snack or something? It's like deceptively, deceptively cheesy or something. <laughs> deceptively cheesy. <laughs> I don't know if I want anything to be deceptively cheesy. <laughs> What about my humor? Uh, that's obviously cheesy. Obvious and vulgar. Not, yeah, it certainly is vulgar. All right. So the once the Enterprise is gone, then it's the the courtroom scene. Yes, then it's the courtroom scene. We get a little little data action. Um, data data takes on the role of. Uh, of the the judge here um in, right. in this this arbitration between Picard and and Ardra this was step 2 in the data arc first right. he was the defendant and measure of a man then he's the judge here and in the next planned episode he was going to be uh, both jury and executioner mm-hmm. um completing his ascension but if I recall correctly, the the darker version of Data in that script didn't really test well with audiences, so we ended up locking that script in the Paramount vault, where it mm-hmm. sits to this mm-hmm. day. It's 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 somewhat of a shame. Um, I think we could have we could have worked lore in there somewhere, right? If if need be, but alas, um, maybe at some point that script will get out. I was excited to see Data with like the, you know, the Executioner's hood and the guillotine. It was <laughs> the script described it as a space guillotine, which right, right, perhaps it, it was like a laser. laser. Yeah, yeah. It would have been a fun prop. A, a space guillotine. Um, yeah. So again, we talked about this, but this is an interesting concept. Not really interesting to watch. No, but it, because it, of the way it plays out, you do crack a few smiles. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, I most of Data's lines are pretty funny. Um, in fact, it's it's such it's so overtly comedic, consistently. That, that it almost doesn't fit with the rest of the episode, which, while not overly serious, 
is not written to be as as funny as this is. Yeah, I suppose so. At this point, it's kind of it's kind of wacky. We start to see Ardra's facade falling apart, and um, she she just she she kind of rolls with it, I guess. Yeah, pick and roll. Stopped. She she stops. She drops and she rolls. <laughs> both both good. Uh. There's really not much to say here, is there? Um, oh, it, there, there is, there is. I, I can't remember exactly when, but there is a little lull in um, in one of these these arbitration scenes, and you can. I don't know if you remember this. You can actually hear, you can hear oh, Mitch, don't, don't you can hear me. yourself, you, you, you whispering, <laughs> you you whisper, but I gotta pee in the background it's it's really hard to hear you want to turn your tv up to like full blast but uh it's it's one of one of the more more interesting bits of this episode i think do you know what that was like did i ever tell you the story of why that happened no 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 so what they needed between shots was was brent's fluffer wasn't there for the day and you know someone okay. someone had to do it between takes, and they're like, "Mitch, you do it," and I, you know, that's you gotta wait around. I really need to pee. Mm. Yeah, it's I don't know. I don't blame myself. I wish it didn't end up on film, but I, I, that's a big commitment, especially with a full bladder. It adds. It adds a little little bit of lore you know believability to the to the star trek universe though you know um how often do you hear about characters using the bathroom in trek outside of my fan fiction never (laughs) and um if i'm not mistaken i i may have may have heard a thing or two about uh about this this guy being an actual character in canon I think it's got a memory alpha page. Yeah, I, I've I, I would imagine it does. So uh you're kind of enshrined in in Trek history forever. That's why I'm uniquely after you die. uniquely qualified to do this podcast. Right, right, right. We should have should have told that that guy that you were in Star Trek this whole time. You mean Captain Kirk? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll let him know. He's probably listening. He knows. Yeah, you can you can DM him. Yeah. Directly message. Yes, that is what it what it stands for. Yes. Yes. Mm, quite. So, did you know that Ardra is a fraud? Uh, I was not expecting that. Yeah, I thought that uh, Picard would become indentured to the devil for all of eternity. <laughs> Uh, what's wrong with Picard's teeth? <laughs> oh, you make a deal with the devil for pearly whites. <laughs> the uh, uh, the term pearly whites is uniquely disturbing for some reason. Is it because of its proximity to pearly gates? Maybe, or maybe maybe I just have a problem with uh, with the word white. Now, Pearly Gates was her stage name back in her other career before real acting. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
you know, when various actors would give her the the uh, the pearly gates. That's what they would say. What I don't. I, it's it's well, like I don't a pornography, it. like a pearl necklace, whatever. I tried. Oh, oh, I see the. Okay, I get you. I, I, I'm sorry. That's that was probably my fault. No, no. No, it's you, you know what. Try it again next week. <laughs> yeah. All right, I'll, I'll be sure to bring up pearly gates just to set myself up. Uh, okay, pearly <laughs> gates. All right. Right. Um, so Picard well really Jordy saves the day uh, Picard does nothing he steals Valor uh, jo- he's, yeah he steals Valor from from black bodies and Jordy saves the day by figuring out oh Arda is actually just like what is she the captain of the ship yeah uh, that's her ship. and she, she has like a couple dozen people on a ship orbiting the planet which is cloaked the ship is cloaked not the planet <laughs> um <laughs> and she's managed to like she has some device in her eye uh kind of like Stephen Hawking yeah this was a really weird explanation where based on her eye movements her team on the ship will you know do something like create earthquakes or uh, change her into a, a gooey Klingon monster. Um, and, sure. and Picard does all of this himself. Uh, he, he changes into a Klingon monster. He makes the earthquakes. He's rest, wrestle control of uh, Ardra's ship from her. Wait, I thought it was the Enterprise doing it. No, I, th- I think I think they took over the ship. I, I know I know this is barely touched on, but I'm pretty sure. There was more written about the fucking eye movement controller than the the hostile takedown of the ship. Right, right, right. I mean, hold on, we can go to memory alpha and like just check real quick what actually Uh Yes. Picard explains that a team from the Enterprise has seized control of Ardra's ship. There it is. Okay. Well, good thing we didn't see that. Yeah, it kind of just happens. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Um, yeah, and, and I mean, that's it. That's that's the end of the... I mean, Ardra gets taken taken away. But she's not She's not Ardra. That's the, we find out she's not Ardra, obviously. She was just preying upon an old myth. Right, that that had already existed mm. uh, on this planet in this planet society. Instead, she's just some guy, girl. Yeah. Now, this this raised the question for me. This this takeover of Ardra's ship. Do do ships in Star Trek like not have the like, keys or something? You know, you can just walk onto someone's ship and just be like, oh, I'll take this. They have shields. Well, you, you would think you would need to, like, have some kind of ID for your own ship or, like, you know. Right? Like a fob? Yeah, like a fob. Or, or like, a, like a thumbprint recognizer. 
uh, a retinal scanner. Yes, I guess you're right. There, there should be some amount of security necessary to you know, prevent people from just entering and commandeering. Yeah, it kind of, kind of. Bo- well, yeah. No, I don't know. It, it, it kind of bothered me. Stay bothered. So, uh, and that's the end of the episode. And we loop, we loop right back to, to Scrooge. Right. It all comes full circle. Does it? No, no, it doesn't. Oh, come on. <laughs> well, how many saucer sets? Kind of a kind of a wet fart of an ending here. Um. Yeah, Picard I, goes. You know what? I, away toys. I guess. Uh, Oh, I don't know what to give it. I I think I'm going to give it a th- closer to a three and a half, just because I actually enjoyed watching it. Two point five. Wow. Ooh. Ooh. What can I say? Mitch didn't like it. It's it's perhaps the most medium episode in existence. It's a uh, mid. I, I'm surrounded on all sides by this bullshit. <laughs> this mid. Are are you feeding mid? No, I I went mid, so I was allowed to go mid, so I don't feed. Ah. Uh, I uh. I'm your jungler for tonight. <laughs> Turgo, Turgo the jungler. So, uh, I guess, I guess, I guess I have a little trivia for you. I'm in. I was up, up late last night, um, doom scrolling as they say. And, uh, well, you know, do you have Google Chrome on your phone? No, I have, uh. Or do you use Safari? Safari. So, when you open Google Chrome, the homepage i guess is google and it shows you a list of like news articles that pertain to recent searches that you know the algorithm thinks you want to see and so i opened google chrome last night and i saw an article about the so-called wharf effect um do you know what that is now is this TNG wharf or like a shipyard? Oh, not bad, not bad. It's uh, it's wharf. It's wharf the character. Okay. Um, I assume this is in the of Deep Space Nine fame. Uh, is this like a flanderization deal where it's like something describing greater trends in television characters? Um, yeah, it's it's something like that. Yes, yeah. I'm going to assume it's related to Worf's propensity to only be there to sh- propose ideas that get shot down. <laughs> That's a good guess. That's a good guess. Um, and it, it's sort of adjacent to that. It's actually um, the their use of Worf as a way to establish um, a, a, an enemy as a greater threat 
like if 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 they beat up Worf, then uh-huh. they're kind of like a bigger threat than you would think or something, right? Yeah, that um, makes sense. And it's it seems to be often accompanied with um, an excuse as to why Worf lost, where it's like, oh, he's sick or something, you know? Um, <laughs> Which seemingly undercuts the first part. Right, right. But but you can't you can't have Worf always getting beat up at his prime because then he's useless, right? Right. So it's it's uh, you got to attack it from both angles. Um, but yes, I, I this is this is a, a, a TV trope entry oh, you, um, you got me you got me with TV tropes without even telling me I got you troping you're, you're troping now the thing about that is Worf constantly gets mogged by Data in this regard because Data is just so much stronger than yes. he is right right but and and that's that's funny nothing is really it, 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 it never feels good to see Data get beat up you know what I mean? He's precious. He is. He is. He's fragile. Yes. But he's not fragile. He's not a uh, specter. 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 Not bad. <laughs> uh, all right yeah well that was my trivia i don't really i don't really have anything super uh super no, fun I, I, I enjoyed that just a bit of a low-key moment on the on the radio yeah. room after dark yeah as opposed to our usual thor moments <laughs> that's gonna do it for our episode this week i want to give a shout out to our sponsors denny's and the pep boys home of the 15 minute oil change and of course, uh, Denny's with their Grand Slams and Moons Over Miami. If you go and say Readier at either of these establishments, you'll get 15% off your purchase or order. That's going to do it for this week. Join us next week where we may be after dark, we may be before dark, and it may be the week after next, depending on our exact schedule. But regardless, listen to our next episode, goddammit. For Brandon Hobbs, I'm Mitchell Mills. Wishing you a very pleasant stay ready. The troublesome little man child. I stand before you defrocked, condemned to be a member of this lowest of species. Thank you, Ensign. Engage. inside the bottle bottle.